Country Squire Radio on Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, I, you know, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, becoming a, few, a beautiful uh, <laughs> fall season here in <laughs> central Mississippi. And man, yeah, our pipe smokers are starting to come out. It's always a good feeling to see some of these old friends that once the real, real hot heat kind of dies down, we uh, we see some of our buddies from spring. And yeah, it's been good, man, working on a few new blends. So I've been smoking my pipe a little more often than normal, which has been a lot of fun. And I'm just getting in the kitchen. Yeah, things are great, man. We're doing good. What's, uh, what's, what's happening with you, huh? Oh, man, whenever you say getting in the kitchen that's exciting that, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that means new new things are on the horizon yeah um, <laughs> i'm doing good man i uh, i was just sharing with you i i recently had a uh, an unfortunate mishap uh <laughs> an unfortunate smelting accident no yeah. you had a you had a what, what was it what'd you call it a bow boism or something uh, yes, or so bo- I, I said what you know you said i sounded a little off i said well it's not covid it's bovid bo did and bo did, bo did. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, Bo did Bo did a, a mistake. I was uh you know man I was I was you know doing some uh, maybe I trying to take care of myself and everything doing some running and whatnot and uh, also you know I got one of those pull up bars you know to do the old pull ups in the in the house you know what I'm yeah. talking about right you know you put yeah it on, yeah you attach yeah. them to your door threshold thing or whatever exactly and so I, yeah. I, I I was doing the thing. And I, and the problem is, you know, we're we're hobbits up in this house, and like, right. you know, the, the the roof is not exactly all that tall, even you know from where the door frame is, and so I'm I'm kind of you know doing the pull ups, and then I bash my head on the ceiling, <laughs> and and I fall, the whole thing comes dislodged in my because I you know I I don't know how physics works, I don't know if I've ever explained this before, but I am not a physicist. I I, I in my pulling up and bashing my head, I dislodged the bar. And we all came a tumbling down. Oh, <laughs> man. So what am, a mess, dude. Yeah, dude. I am bruised up on various parts of my body. And I let out a yell that uh, <laughs> is affecting my podcast voice right now. In fact, <laughs> you know, not to give it away, but obviously, you know, people probably put put together. We got, a, we got an interview for y'all. And y'all are about to hear a different version of my voice from the exact same day. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's that's funny. Yeah, because you actually did the interview earlier today, I and so did, and, yeah. this, and that was pre-accident, and then, and now now you'll hear Bo post-accident. So yeah. no, that's great. That's great. I you know it, those things are dangerous, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta the exercising really in general is it's, it's, a <laughs> it's for the birds, man. <laughs> it, it's a health concern, right? I mean, you know, running's bad for your knees, and right. yeah, yeah. I just you know I don't know. Maybe you should just smoke your pipe and drink whiskey. <laughs> It's a, it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't situation for sure, man. You know, as someone else who's got young kids, do you remember those bouncy seats for little babies that hang in the door threshold oh, like that? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and like they attach up to the top of the the molding of man, the door. You know, you can make a slingshot the, the problem, out of those. But yeah, <laughs> the, that's the problem, right? Is that you know we live in these ancient houses over here, and so all the trim around the doors and all the windows and stuff are you know all you know eighty five years old and older. And so you know, my fear is that it attaches to one of those, and you put your precious little infant in this uh you know baby bouncy seat thing but then it pulls the entire door down on this uh little person like a freaking claymore <laughs> <You> know, <it's- laughs> 
so I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust the, you know, structural integrity of, of my home enough to, to do that kind of stuff. So no, anyway, I, I think um, that's, I think that's wise. So always, I'm going to blame always. it on that and just say, you know, that that's, that's the reason I'm not going to work out. And then I'll let you, I'll let you have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't for a little while, man. We, we've got a good show today though. And that is, uh, that has definitely given me some healing right now because let me tell you, we have been like teeing up for several weeks now. We have been yeah. driving people crazy with this uh, big announcement we have for this week. Now, our patrons already know. We gave them a heads up a little bit early this week, and now we get to share it with the rest of y'all. As you know, we've got something that we are have been very proud to, to announce here on Country Squire Radio, and that is... It began with the forging of the great rig. One rig to rule them all. One ring. All right, sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, the Tolkien Estate's going to do plagiarism. Man, we have we are super we are super excited. As people have probably figured out by now, uh, we are partnering up with some very special friends to bring you the Country Squire Ring. Now, I love this, man. This is uh, the Country Squire Ring. It's a briar ring uh, from the good folks at Sylvan Forge Creations. Jeremy Dukes is a longtime listener of the show, and we are honored to be able to uh, to have him on this week. Man, a a woodworker, just a great dude, and an extremely extremely gifted craftsman, and of course, yeah. a brother of the Briar as well, and a, and a fan of the pipe. Man, I, I'm so excited about this. Jeremy Dukes, founder of Sylvan Forge Creations, he's out of Delaware, and approached us with kind of this concept of honoring the show and and also doing something cool with his own talent, kind of further the you know, pipe community and everything. And so it's a it's a beautiful ring. It's a limited edition deal that he's going to come out with, and we've partnered up with him and uh man are just are just really fired up about this and and think it'll be you know something unique that pipe smokers and and folks that want to put their best fashion foot forward type of people uh, will enjoy but uh you know also you know folks that want to support uh, real artisans that are just contributing to uh american artisanal goodness and so jeremy is right there and we're we're so happy to be partnering with him we talk about this in in the interview and i don't want to you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of it by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, the beautiful thing is rings and pipes have a lot in common and that they they often tell stories. Typically, yeah. if you've got a pipe, that pipe has a story. And I don't even care if you are the most jaded. I don't care. I just have the pipe to, you know, smoke my lane one cue and, and call it a day, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, you know, that, no, that's great. Yeah, exactly. And that, which is perfectly fine. But my point is that your pipe has a story. You may not appreciate it, but I, I guarantee the people who love you do. And the, the yeah. thing is, like, like wow, every, that's a good way to put it, yeah. right? And I mean, like, so that's the thing. Even even for those that don't romanticize these things, the fact of the matter is that you are tied to that thing, and that story is going to pass along with your pipe. So you don't have to appreciate it, but I guarantee the people that love you do. And I think that man, rings are right there with that. A ring always has a story, and man, this has got a beautiful story to it. And you know, obviously, as Lovers of all things Tolkien, man, we we are all about good quality pipes, good quality pipe tobacco, good quality food, and man, we are glad to add good quality rings to the mix and uh, with this as well. And actually, man, before we do it, as you mentioned, this is a limited series, so I want to go ahead and encourage y'all if you haven't done so already, check out Sylvan Forge Creations. It's, you know, we got a great interview for you. I, I, I want you to listen to it, but I also want to make sure you have an opportunity to get this ring. So be sure to uh, head over <laughs> to the website, sylvanforgecreations.com. Uh, you can check out their work as well as the Country Squire ring while you're listening to this interview. With that, man, let's toss it over to uh, this conversation with Jeremy Dukes of Sylvan Forge Creations. 
right, man. Joining us right now, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the legendary ring forger himself, uh, Jeremy Dukes. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Man, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Bo. I, I love being on here. I love having the opportunity to to talk and to to share what we got uh, here for the community. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. Well, you know, I want to talk about the ring and uh, Sylvan Forge and and your craft and all that kind of good stuff. But dude, we are a Absolutely. pipe podcast. So first things first, man. Uh, so you you obviously are an adamant pipe smoker. Tell us a little bit about your pipe journey there. I am. So my pipe journey started back in college. So we're looking at early 2000s. I had just gone to college in Tennessee. So a young freshman. Where in Tennessee? Yeah. Where in Tennessee? Chattanooga area, Cleveland, Tennessee. Chattanooga. Chattanooga, dude. Come yeah. On. I love Chattanooga. Okay, so you've been, you're familiar with the area. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I love the South. And in fact, part of me, I, I wish I could still be living there, but that's that's besides the point. I had to come back to uh, to the home state. But yeah, so we we were down there. We had a, a friend. We had a really tight-knit dorm flat. And we were, all of us guys were real close. And one of us had a birthday. And so we had a gang kind of go out and buy cigars. And I, I never smoked anything before. So I didn't know a thing about what to do. We went to a local cigar shop and I bought, you know, whatever, a $10 cigar. Don't remember anything about it. And <laughs> when we all kind of got together, I was choking my way through puffing on a cigar because it's my first time experimenting at all with that type of premium tobacco. And I, I use premium pretty loosely. I didn't have any <laughs> so it was a pretty cheap cigar. Right. <laughs> premium for, uh, hey, for a college kid. Come on, man. Dropping hey, two yeah. bucks on a cigar. That ain't nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I'm coming from, but we had one of our guys was uh, he brought out this pipe and he uh, when we were at the store, he kind of bought this little package of tobacco. And I was just fascinated by the whole process of it. And so we go back and whatever, seven or eight of us are lighting up our cigars and he lights up his pipe and and the aroma of his pipe just captivated me. It, it must have been a, an aromatic. Uh, I didn't know a thing about pipe smoking. I just associated with Sherlock Holmes and old men at the point. And I, I just became just captivated by this process. And it was, you know, he was doing all these little things. And I thought, this is, this is so interesting. It's like a ritual, you know, and I loved it. And so he and I got talking about it. And he kind of shared that his father had bought him a pipe when he turned 18. And he was exploring different types of flavors and tobaccos. And it was all foreign to me at the point. But I ended up going with him to the cigar store. And it was, I think, a predominantly cigar store that also sold pipes. And went there and just kind of shared with the guy, the owner, or whoever was there at the counter. And I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in buying a pipe. So I'm looking at the, the glass countertop. And he's got these gorgeous pipes under this glass. And, you know, I don't know anything about pipes. I don't have a clue about prices or anything like that. And so I'm kind of pointing to one or two of them and bring them. He, he gets them out and he shows it to me. And I'm, you know, I come from a woodworking family. So I'm admiring the, the artistry of, of it. And I don't know what brand it was. And I asked, how much is it? Thinking, hey, 20 bucks, you know, I, I could scrounge 20 bucks together. And it was around $225. And <laughs> right. all of a sudden I realized I'm in I'm in the wrong area. I don't have a clue what I'm doing right now. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. This was not for me. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So yeah, please, please put that back. Uh, I, I don't want to touch this thing. He said, you know, what are you looking to spend? I said, well, you know, may, maybe 20 bucks. And so he he brings out these kind of blister packs, uh, if you know what I mean by that, these kind of 
uh, cardboard backing with with plastic wrap around it, and he mm-hmm. hands he puts two of them down. One is a straight pipe, one is a bent pipe, and they're Dr. Grabos. And I said, you know, what are these? And they're like around twenty five dollars. I said, well, you know, to me, I don't know the difference between this twenty five dollar one and this two hundred twenty five dollar one. So you know, just give me this one. And I, I picked one I had a little bit of fancy uh, kind of gold ring around the the shank there. And I thought, oh, yeah, that, that looks nice. That's that's fancy. And so uh, Dr. Grabo was my first introduction. I got a, he, he uh, sold me a little package of tobacco. I don't remember what it was. It, it tasted good. Uh, I would probably not buy it nowadays knowing what I know now, but it was fine. It was kind of what I, you know, was expecting as far as uh, aromatic went, but it was just a, a really great introduction. And, and that was the, the pipe I kind of cut my teeth on, you know, that's, I smoked everything over the years from, you know, all kinds of syrupy aromatics to your most potent Latakia Englishes. And, you know, that, that pipe was just, <laughs> it wasn't cared for as it should have been. <laughs> I didn't even know anything about pipe cleaners or tampers for the first year or so that I smoked a pipe. So I had uh, that kind of fun going into it. And it was just, it was a fond memory because of the nostalgia of it. Uh, but uh, it was really a, a learning process that took took some time. You know, sometimes I feel like we need to do like some sort of a mock pipe counseling session where you and your, <laughs> your pipe go to like a therapist. Because like, you know, more often than not, I think this is universally true. Everybody's like first pipe or first pipe tobacco. It, it's one or the other and oftentimes both. There's some kind of like personal shame we maintain with that experience. <laughs> like, oh, you know, smoking this, whatever it was, cherry gas station grass. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know what? That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to feel ashamed from, from that Absolutely. standpoint. Cause you gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta try it and figure out what you like. So you gotta learn it. You gotta learn it. And, and that was the process. And I spent years, you know, picking up cause I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a country squire radio to go to, to learn it. I didn't know anybody besides this one guy. Right. And he only had about a year on me and understanding the pipe. So, you know, it was just a long learning process, which is why I love what you guys do so much. And the era we're in where I could go on a podcast and I can listen to a country, you know, 101 that you guys put out and learn all these great aspects of the art of pipe smoking. Is there a particular blend that's kind of been your, your go-to as of late? Well, as of late, I've been devouring shepherd's pie. Uh, oh, I, yeah. yeah man, I... I got that. I think you guys spoke about it maybe a month or two ago, and I had never tried it. I've had a few blends from the Country Squire. All have been excellent. And you guys, it might have been on the McClellan episode. I don't remember which one it was, but I ended up uh, ordering some shepherd's pie, and I have been going through it. I I just devoured it. It was so good. In fact, I finished it up this weekend. I was out smoking a pork tenderloin while I was working in the wood shop because it's just, you know, it's fall weather now. (laughs) It was perfect time. I lit up some shepherd's pie and it was, it was, I I couldn't have had a better weekend. It was a wonder. And yeah, I'm going through that pretty heavy autumn evening by a Cornell and deal. I buy that every time it gets cool. uh, And just kind of, I like sipping through that and the cool nights. um, I get some friends over. We still on my front porch and just kind of uh, enjoy that as, uh, as the nights get a little bit earlier and a little bit, more brisk. All right. So, you know, one of the things that John David and I have often talked about, I think both on and off, definitely off mic, is how like there's like two different spheres. I mean, there's a lot of different spheres, but there's kind of two different like camps that people kind of fall into where you have kind of more of a pipe guy or more of a pipe tobacco guy, like more Mm -hmm. of kind of like a tobacco nerd or somebody who gets a little bit more into like 
the the art form of the pipe itself and that that sort of thing. And obviously there's a ton of overlap there. But I'm curious with your background, and we're about to talk about kind of your 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 family's legacy and, and how that's tied into what you do, but do you find yourself being more kind of drawn to it for the pipe itself or for the for the pipe tobacco? Definitely for the pipe itself. That was the the first thing that drew me to it. This is a woodworker's art piece and and you know whether it was a from a machine or somebody's hands. Uh, that was certainly the first thing, and honestly, still one of the main things I look for. And there are many days where I just sit there and I'll spend some time scouring the internet, looking at these artisans who are just doing brilliant things out there with the pipe, and I, I love it. And I'm fascinated by it, and I just I love the art form of it. I love uh, what these guys are bringing to it, whether they're making something that has been made for the last 120 years. And they're just kind of doing the their version of it, or whether they're doing some extreme, you know, wild off the wall, <laughs> crazy design. I, I love seeing what guys are able to do with briar wood or olive wood, and so that certainly is, I think, for me, my leaping point into the the industry and the culture. And you guys have done a great job of letting me experience the other side, the tobacco side of the culture because prior to that I didn't explore a lot. I was kind of in the oh these are safe aromatics lane one Q that kind of mm-hmm. let me stay in this lane. This is a safe lane and which is great. It's a it's a it's a great lane to be in, but I didn't explore much. And when I started listening to you guys in 2017, man, it just it allowed my world to expand a little bit. And you and John David do an amazing job. The way John David describes tobaccos like I, I could just listen to him describe things all day long. He does such a great job of just breaking down. I, I can almost smell it and taste it as he is explaining it. So I, I don't know if he has a background in that type of communication, but man, the dude is, he's on it. Absolutely, man. He's got a, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing is he's got the knowledge, he's got the palate, and then he does have the uh, the gift of gab, although sometimes I think he wishes he does. <laughs> but, no, yeah. I remember early on, people said that uh, we could just have him read the, uh, you know, read the phone book and people would tune in. So. <laughs> but no, man, that, uh, that, that knowledge, I mean, that's what we're all about is kind of marrying that knowledge and kind of the vastness that is the tobacco world with kind of the, the beauty and the art form of kind of the woodworking and the pipe world. And, you know, that's something that I think uh, has really resonated with a lot of folks and why I'm really, really, you know, excited to uh, share with people your story um, and kind of like, you know, you're, your leg, your, your family's legacy and art form that y'all have been working on for, for generations yeah. now. Talk to us a little bit about Sylvan Forge and, and kind of how that came about. Well, I'm a fourth generation woodworker, as I, I shared with you in a prior conversation. I, I've just had the blessing of growing up in a community of woodworkers, of builders who have been focused on, on quality and just kind of raising the standard of building in, in our area of the, of the world and our little section of the Northeast. And uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather, I guess we'll go back there. He was a farmer turned, you know, back in the 20s, 30s, a farmer had to do it all. He, he had to know how to farm, but he also know, had to know how to build a barn, how to fix a tractor, how to do the accounting. And so he was a farmer predominantly and became very successful and very generous as a farmer. And he ended up getting into the building industry uh, later in his life and started a lumber company, started a hardware store and started a construction company, which would go around and kind of help out other farmers. And that began in the 50s. And then in the early 60s, my grandfather uh, got involved. And he is the one who really took the building and the woodworking to 
the level that it became. He, he just was focused on quality, focused on the details uh, all his life. He was a student of the craft his entire life, and he loved it. You know, I've told many people he was a draftsman. He was a phenomenal artist, and so he would draw the blueprints for a church. He would be there building the church, and after it was done, he would, in his work- workshop, build the pews that would go in there, and he just... <laughs> just brought such a quality to our community that wasn't there before in the industry. And people loved him for it. He was such a wonderful man that treated people fairly. Uh, even sometimes when others would say, hey, you know, you need to to get your money out of this. He was very much about being fair and, and treating people right. And people loved him for it. And then it went down to my father, who is, in my opinion, the best builder in our area. And he's recent, recently retired. And now to me, and I'm trying to put my mark uh, in the area, in the industry, uh, my little niche of the industry. Honestly, we got a large family. My cousins are involved. My uncles are involved. We all live in the same area. It's kind of, some people find it odd, but it's it's great. It's a great way to grow up around all these cousins, around all these relatives uh, on this giant family farm. And uh, we just we just love what we do. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you said, uh, how many siblings do you have? I just have one sister. Uh, we had a bunch of cousins growing up and we kind of grow up in this area. We're all, I can throw a rock and hit just about anybody's house. And and we have a good section of land where we are. We got part woodland, part farmland, but my great grandfather had accumulated so much land back in twenties and thirties. A lot of us have just all built on this, what we call the family farm. And even though some of it's kind of far away, I can still walk to just about anybody's house. So I just have one, one sister, but uh, I consider all my cousins, everybody, we're, we're very close knit. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I I definitely know how that feels. We got a big Catholic family on my oh, mom's yeah. side. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of us. Jumping in real quick to tell you about the sponsor for this week's show, Missouri Mirsham. Of course, you know our friends at Missouri Mirsham have been doing some amazing work. With their quality corncob pipes, they'd offer a great quality smoke every single time. But now, with Old Dominion, they've gone beyond the cob and now have quality clay pipes as well. They've also offered hardwood for quite some time. And you know, one of the things that I love about Missouri Meerschaum is their classic trio pipe set. It comes with a beautiful little burlap-looking bag. It's got a hardwood pipe, a clay pipe, and a corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. It's the great set to get yourself a variety of pipes you may not already have in your collection. Be sure to pick up a classic trio pipe set from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum at corncobpipe.com. Again, that's corncobpipe.com. Classic trio pipe set. And if you've got one, you know, when you unbox that thing, be sure to take a picture of it, tweet it out to folks. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mirsham know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. All right. So, obviously, with this kind of like deep knowledge of the craft, deep love of kind of working with wood, and then also being a pipe smoker yourself, yeah, the question comes up, man. Have you ever kind of dabbled in, in making your own pipe? Oh, man. So, that's that's kind of how I don't want to jump ahead, but that's kind of how this ring came about that we are talking about that the Country Squire ring. So I had bought some Briarwood after I created the company, the ring company, Sylvan Forge Creations. I, I like to accumulate lots of exotic woods, lots of different woods that aren't used in the building process. You know, you got your usuals, your oaks, your walnuts, your mahoganies that are furniture lumber, your cherries. But then you have exotic woods that aren't really good for furniture, but they're beautiful woods. And there's really nothing else to use them for besides kind of artwork or, you know, artwork with some utility, some small utility. I thought, well, you know what? I want to try my hand at 
some pipe making. I, I look at these guys like obviously the Tom L. Tangs, but even the Stephen LaVoice Juniors from Owl Pipes. I love what they do. And I thought, yeah, I just kind of want to dabble in it a little bit. So I bought some briar wood, some Italian briar, and I kind of started rough shaping it when I came across, you know, these leftover pieces of, of briar wood that I would just have to chunk because they're small enough I can't do anything with. And so that's what inspired me eventually to turn those leftover pieces into a ring that has eventually become the Country Squire ring. I've not dabbled enough in the pipe making to, uh, <laughs> I would say, to make my name known in it at all. It's one of those things I'm enjoying by myself right now, but not wanting to jump uh, industry-wide. There's so many right, guys out there right. that are so talented, love what they do. I really just am enjoying it as a consumer more than a uh, creator in that area. Oh, which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, we've gotten so many times people have sent in images of, and I mean, these are not woodworkers. I mean, they might like have a little bit of like a, a shop in their garage or something of that nature, but right, right. you know, people, people taking a, a crack at it and, you know, you can get, I remember the country squire, I, I believe they still do. I know they used to sell kind of a carve your own pipe setup where it's this, <laughs> this, this block of briar oh yeah yeah you know and then you just kind of whittle away at it and man i have seen you know i want to be (laughs) charitable here but i mean (laughs) well i'll put it this way i have seen some attempts you know what i mean i I understand (laughs) you gotta you gotta get through some attempts to uh to get to what you want eventually i'm all about you know produce 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 and eventually you're going to find where you need to be on, on a project, hopefully, you know, or you may, you may be at Glen Pipes, you know, and, and find your success <laughs> decades later. <laughs> and, oh yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, at worst yeah. case scenario, you get, uh, you get famed with, uh, with Glen, like you've got, yeah. and you've got nowhere else to go from there. That is, that is true. The peak. But yeah, man, no, so I get it though. I get that like, you know, folks, there's, and you know, Hey, I mean, like if, and I say this to a listener who might be, you know, sitting there holding their, their big, honking you know briar that they were able to kind of whittle the edges on or something of that nature and they're proud of it there's nothing wrong be proud of that you carved that and that is what you're smoking but i also understand that from your standpoint to some extent (laughs) the joy i have to imagine is like a little bit removed in the early stages for you because you know you can't just like make a pipe you can't just like like take an attempt you are a fourth generation woodworker <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a standard that internally and even some externally put out there. And, it, you know, there's a lot of guys in the industry that are like, hey, look at the Stoker Beast. You know, you guys had Eric That's right. yeah. there a few weeks ago. And he, what he puts out in fourth generation is amazing on, on all aspects. And but he had to he had to come out swinging. And and he did. He did just that. And it's it's uh, similar on a much lesser level with me uh, than what he did. But it's. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I I have a standard I like to keep to. And when things don't meet that standard, you know, I, I learn from it and I try to make adjustments. Then on the next one, maybe do a little bit better. And, and I encourage guys, the guys that are out there that are whittling away, you know, that, that's where we all start. We all start on this base level, whether, you know, it was me as a kid working in the workshop or, or buying a block of wood and just taking a knife to it. Uh, just keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. If it's something you enjoy, pursue it. And, and that's how I approach life. I, I pursue life. There's so many things that I do and I enjoy uh, and I enjoy doing them well. And so I just keep at it until I, I find the satisfaction I'm looking for in the quality. So you've already mentioned the uh, kind of the country squire ring, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but, but first I want to know, so why rings as a whole? Because obviously, you know, the Country Squire ring is a, is a fantastic product. Really excited to talk about that. But man, you know, if you go to, you know, y'all's website, y'all's offerings, y'all have got so many gorgeous rings that are unlike anything that I've personally ever seen. I mean, like yeah. there's some amazing creativity, the intricacies, the woodworking. Like what was it about the ring in particular that spoke to you? I was inspired. My grandfather passed and he was a patriarch of our family. I loved him dearly. I spent lots of time with him. And uh, after he passed, obviously I was kind of dealing with those emotions, processing them. And as I was processing them, I would just hang out in his workshop. And he has this, he has an ideal setup workshop that he built when he was retiring. You know, it's got every tool that you can think of. He was an expert on all tools and loved them and just spent hours upon hours in this shop as the rest of us did with him so often learning you know the craft and so he passed and I was just spending time in that workshop kind of doing a a woodworker's version of doodling you know just piddling not really making anything just kind of messing around inside there just enjoying the nostalgia the smells of the sawdust 
looking at uh, the, the memories uh, upon the wall. And he has this corner of his workshop where he just would collect lots and lots of wood that somebody was going to toss and he wanted to use it. And he, he just, in my opinion, I spoke about this at uh, his funeral. He had a great characteristic, uh, a quality to him that he would take something that somebody was going to toss and he would find something great to make out of it. And it, it's just a great life quality to approach life in that way. And he has this whole corner in his shop where he has a conglomeration of heart pine and oak and all these different, usually furniture type woods. And I was looking at it and just remembering those times where he would be digging through our dump trailer that we were going to be taking to the landfill and finding, oh, you know, Jeremy, you can't throw this away. This is, I can make something with this. And he pulled it out and it became a joke in the family, you know, oh, yeah, you can't, can't throw that away. Pop-up's going to pull it out, you know. And uh, it'd be all, have nails sticking all out of it and everything. And he would, you know, spend the time to back the nails out and fill the holes. Anyhow, it just is a great memory corner of just one of his life qualities. And I got thinking about, in my own little smaller version wood shop back in my house, uh, I have a bunch of mahogany uh, that we had used at a job at a casino. So it, it's it's top grade, top tier yeah. mahogany, it, but it was very small pieces. We had done a job up there and I hated throwing away these really small pieces because the wood was so gorgeous. It was so expensive, but it, it wasn't enough. I couldn't make a table out of it. I couldn't make a table for a mouse out of the amount that I had saved, but it was just so nice. I wanted to save it. I thought, wow, so neat that I have that same kind of similar quality with my grandfather. And so I went back to my little wood shop and I'm looking at these pieces of mahogany and I'm holding them really on, in my left hand. And this is kind of how the inspiration came. And this is a small little two inch by three inch piece that I can't do anything with. And I'm looking at my hand and I'm looking at how tight my wedding ring is on my finger. And it, you know, I like to think that I'm the same size I was when I was 21, 22 years old. Yeah, yeah, we all do. Exactly. I've got way more muscle now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Don't know why it's like staying around in the midsection, but yeah, I got all this new muscle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so I had this stainless steel wedding ring and it it means a lot to me. It still does. It is the ring that is the only thing I could afford back when I was 21, 22 years old. And I was about to get married to this beautiful, stunning woman. And uh, I was looking at it. I was looking at this mahogany wood and I thought, you know, this ring, it represents a lot mm-hmm. about me and represents me being married uh, and all these things, but it doesn't necessarily represent where I am now. And I like the whole idea of, of jewelry and rings to represent. It needs to speak to you and it also needs to say something about you. And it does in some forms, but it can speak a lot more than just saying, hey, I'm married. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to take this piece of mahogany and I'm going to, I'm going to try and make a ring out of it. And so I took that ring or took the mahogany and I got some calipers out and measured my finger of where it is now and kind of just rough cut this on a drill press and with lots and lots of sanding. I'm talking like a couple days worth of sanding to the point where I thought I possibly messed up some ligaments in my wrist. And I made this very rustic looking mahogany ring and it was uh it was really interesting it didn't fit great it was loose thankfully it wasn't as tight as my stainless steel ring but it it was really neat because it kind of spoke a little bit more about me you know I wore it on my my ring finger on my left hand so it said I was married but it also was became a conversation piece and people Mm. would see it and they say oh wow that's that's really neat did 
did you buy that somewhere? And I said, no, you know, I made it out of, you know, mahogany wood we had left over. And I would explain the story. And it just kind of started gaining some attention among friends, among family, but among people I would interact with just because it was unique and different and very rustic. I, I, you know, I look back on it now and it's a little bit embarrassing. It's one of those, you know, it's like taking the knife and whittling the, uh, the briar wood, you know, that was kind of my version of it. Now, man, got, you got to remember, remember the pipe shame, man. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. You're right. It's part of the journey. And so this was my first step in the journey and it gained enough attention. That I thought, you know what, I, I want to try to make a better version of this. And so I started studying jewelers and and how they did stuff. And obviously took my woodworking knowledge and I started just getting online and taking some woodworking classes that dealt in small designs and things like that. And really just started uh, making a synergy out of all this knowledge and putting it into making uh, something that I was really excited and really proud about. And I started making some of those rings just for myself. Uh, and life, some life changes happened. This is you know, pandemic thing happened. My wife's job changed and she was uh, able to be at home with my kids. And we said, you know, let's, let's just start selling these. We're getting a lot of interest on these rings. Let's, let's see if we can turn it into something. And, and we did. And it's been so great. It's been exciting. People have gotten behind us and supported us. And I'm able to walk with people on these, these pieces of jewelry that, become such a representation of who they are, where they are in life, and and speak something about them and becomes a conversation piece for others around them. No, I mean, like, I, I highly encourage everybody, if you know, you haven't already, check out sylvanforgecreations.com. You've got, on your website, you've got so many beautiful pieces. I mean, just absolutely intricately designed. No two exactly the Thank same you. in terms of these designs. That Like, there's just... There's a wealth of artisanal craft on display here. <laughs> it's, a, it's really, really beautiful. But man, obviously today we are super excited to be announcing to oh, the world too. the me Country too. Squire ring. Now, man, oh, yes. so you've shared with us already a bit about how you know this kind of came about through kind of the process of, of whittling away at the briar and finding kind of a place for, for this briar wood. But I'm going to put the challenge on you to describe the country square <laughs> ring in, oh, no. in, in a John David-esque way, man. Now this oh, is, man, I got to get my, my wig. I have to go find my long wig and yeah, uh, yeah. take the spirit of John David on. Now, it, it was uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I had this little piece of briar left over from the rough cuts I made uh, that I was looking to to craft a pipe out of. And uh, I was looking at the wood, and a lot of times when I, I have the, the rough wood, the unfinished wood, I'll take some denatured alcohol, and I'll rub it on there so you can kind of get an idea of what a finished version of this wood would look like. And as I did that, you know, those kind of golden honey hues came out, and it almost has like a leathery feel to it, uh, just because it's from a burl. And I just, I thought, man, this, this is such a pretty wood. How can I not try to put this on a ring? And so I got some black ceramic out and got some gold piping out. And I'm looking at my pieces and how I usually create a ring is I get all the materials out and I'll set them in front of me in the raw form and just kind of let my mind wander and uh, allow it to, to kind of see if I can build a mental design in my, in my mind before I throw it on the machines and I start uh, crafting it. And as I'm looking at this stuff, all I can think about is that Dr. Graybo from 2002, 20, 25 bucks that 
I cut my teeth on and I'm partly enjoying, partly not enjoying that learning process and fighting through it to really uh, create uh, that art form. And uh, that Dr. Graybo, as I mentioned earlier, had this really beautiful kind of gold ring around the, the shank there. And it had, of course, a, a black stem and had a kind of a natural finish to it. I thought, you know, I want to kind of carry the spirit of that first pipe into this ring because when I make a ring, I make it usually for myself. I, I, I make a lot of rings for other people, um, you know, special requests, but usually I approach something and that am I going to love this thing? You know, am I going to fall in love with this design? And so I started messing around with it, put, put it on the lathe and started working through it and got the, the wood just right, and then started inlaying these, these gold rings on either side of that wood. And so you have this black ceramic, which is actually titanium zirconia, uh, but it was called black ceramic in the jewelry industry, which is just this beautiful midnight black core that has a collar on either side. And then beside that collar, moving inwards, you have this gold ring. And then in the center, you have this wonderful colored, you know, honey golden, briar wood and I, I made it and I was just I loved it and there's there's a few rings I make where I when I finish it I fall in love with it and this was one of them and when I do that I almost always put it on my hand I take a picture and I send it to my friends I send it to my wife I send it to to my buddies and say look at this ring like I love this thing. this is great I'm just excited that I created this and uh, this was one of those rings, and I don't have a ton of those, and, you know, I get a, a couple a month, but this was one of those standout rings that I just said, I, I need to share this with somebody, and so I fell in love with it. I loved what it represented to me as a pipe smoker. I love that it was such a unique colored wood that it, it just almost forced the conversation when people saw it, and so you kind of get to that next step. After I create a ring, the, the final step is, is naming the ring, and it's you know, not to sound too artistic, but you try to listen to the voice of the piece that as it speaks to you, you know, and, and uh, I'm sitting there and usually when I finish making a ring, I'll sit there and I'll uh, pack my pipe and I'll, I'll light it. And I'll just sit there and kind of roll it around in my hand as, as I sip on my pipe. And so I'm allowing this, uh, I think I was smoking a kind of a toasted maple a flavor that day, Ooh, I'm allowing it to, right, to right. kind of just you know, fumigate the, the room a little bit. And mm. I'm kind of resting, letting my mind kind of ponder on this ring. And I have the country squire radio playing in the background. I got, I got your voice, Bo. And I got that beautiful voice of John David Cole, <laughs> kind of serenading my background right. noise as I, I so often do. And I thought, man, there, there is one name that I find synonymous with, with pipe culture with this community and uh, I, I couldn't think I couldn't get any other name out of my mind and I thought I, I need I need to call this the country square ring you know it's it, there's other names I could think of that would touch you know the kind of the industry a little bit but this country square radio country square tobacconist you guys have become such a cultural icon such a, a waystone for us pipe smokers that I couldn't think of a better name to honor this ring. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know what? I just want to make two of these. I want to make one for Bo. I want to make one for John David and just gift it to you guys because you guys have done so much for me and so much for the community. And I just, I want to give back as an artist. You know, I, I have my certain ways of 
honoring people. And this was a way that I could honor you. And so I talked to my wife about it. She said, sure, that sounds good. She, uh, I'm going to be honest. She's not a listener to, uh, she wasn't previously a listener to Country Squire, <laughs> even though I talked about you guys a lot. She's not a pipe right. smoker. So <laughs> he's, she, she does all the self-help podcasts and uh, which I probably should do more of. You know, she keeps me in check on a lot of stuff. And I shared with her, she said, sure, you know, take a picture. And so I, I did my product picturing and I sent an email to, to you guys. I hear back from you and you took it to a level I, I hadn't even thought about. You wanted to not just uh, appreciate the ring for what it is and what it represents, but you wanted to then partner up with this. And, you know, when you, when I read that email response, I, I shared my wife, I said, you know, I didn't even think of this. This is, this is brilliant. This is such a great idea. <laughs> what a better way to kind of become more of a family, you know, and, and grow the community closer to one another than getting this little piece of, of art, this little piece of jewelry that speaks volumes. And, and a ring is an important piece of jewelry over thousands of years. Don't get me wrong. It is one of the most important pieces of jewelry people have ever worn that represented so much. And I love the idea that I can wear this ring and people ask about it and I can say, oh, it's made out of briarwood and that's, you know, it's used to make pipes and it's called the Country Squire ring. You don't know about Country Squire? Let me tell you about them. And it just has become such a great idea that I'm so excited now to then partner with you guys and offer this to the greater community of, of us pipe smokers. And yeah. it was brilliant. You guys, you, you approached it in such a great way. I, I absolutely loved it. You guys blew my mind. Oh man, listen, when we, uh, when we heard your vision for kind of what this product was, and I think like, you know, when we, when we saw the imagery, when we kind of did a little uh, research into y'all's backstory and also, I mean, like just getting a chance to meet you, man. I mean, one of the things that John David and I, I, I mean, like we truly appreciate like partnering and working with people that we really like that are like good <laughs> people. Like that is yeah, yeah. like paramount to, I mean, just our just general philosophy outside of the show. But I mean, like, like we, we want to partner with people that we really feel are good people, man. And y'all are good people as we say. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> like, <getting laughs> oh, thank you very much. You, your amazing wife and um, just hearing y'all's family story, seeing the craftsmanship. Cause obviously that's a, that's a big component to us too, is just, yeah you know, seeing kind of a beauty on display is, is huge. And so to partner with you guys to help bring this to the world, uh, man, we are, we are super excited about it. And, you know, a ring, as you kind of talked about a ring is, it is a story within itself. One of the things that we are a huge proponent of is just the, the reality that, you know, as kind of you look at this kind of generational mindset, especially in America, in terms of like, you know, consumerism and, you know, then kind of moving to digital consumerism and that sort of thing. We've, we're at a moment, and we have been, I think our generation has been, where we understand and appreciate the value of not everything, but special things. Yeah. And a ring is always a special thing. There's never, there's never a ring that does not have a story with it. Um, in fact, you know, it's, it's ironic, man, because I did not intend for this to happen. <laughs> we're actually, we're actually cleaning our carpets today. <laughs> and so, Congratulations. And, yeah. And, and, and so, uh, and so this morning while I was picking everything up and moving things around, I was, uh, I was, you know, I, I've got my, my grandfather's ring. Uh, that's actually now my ring that I inherited wow. uh, from, and you know, my, my father inherited it from his grandfather or from uh, his father who actually inherited it from his father. 
and my father gave it to me the last time I was in Jackson. That's oh. kind of a very prodigal son esque to to ring <laughs> when I was visiting back home. But, but anyway, so I always have it in my in my closet. You know, I've got my hats, I've got uh, you know, and then I've got my my ring there, and you know, I'll typically you know put it on for you know if I'm going out with the wife or occasionally on Sundays. You know, basically, basically if I'm dressed up, I'm wearing my ring. Yeah. And uh, and the funny thing is, I am not dressed up right now. I am I'm very much like <laughs> casual, moving stuff around, getting ready for the carpet cleaners. But I saw it there, and so I was like, well, it's very you know, let me just go ahead and put it on. And man, it always feels good. I always instantly feel connected with that legacy of my father's. Like like you know, uh, four generation of men, wow, uh, York family, like rep- represented in this ring. And so like it's one of those things like. Every and, and even just the various details of it, I tell a story, and that's true. Of the Country Squire ring as well, man. Like you just shared with us, and I'm I'm really really excited. You know, listeners of Country Squire Radio know. You know, we've been teasing it out a little bit. We've been kind of you know <laughs> leaning into that Lord of the Rings aspect. Oh, he, I, I, <laughs> I heard about it. it I don't want to interject, but I'm gonna to have to interject just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. And when you did that precious, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, you made that little precious comment. I loved it because. I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, as a lot of our You would have to be, I would imagine. Have to be. <laughs> on our website, on our website, my wife thought, we need to do a bio. We need to do an our story. And I thought, okay, that's, that's a great idea. And so as I'm creating the website, I, I highlight this the bio section as Lore of the Rings. Oh. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing. Oh, this is this is amazing. She saw that. She said, babe, you know, we're, we're really trying to be serious about this. <laughs> We go on for a little higher end than that. (laughs) (laughs) So thankfully, she has a lot of input on on design. But yeah, I'm I'm, I love that story, man. Just the legacy of passing something down, and like you said, the ring represents so much. And it's you know earrings, bracelets, all those things are great. They're beautiful, but there's something about a ring that connects people to something bigger than themselves, and it speaks volumes. I, I remember as a kid watching the Ben Hur movie and. I don't know if those of you who have seen it and who have not seen it, but he's a slave and he saves a Roman centurion on the ship and the centurion gives him his, his family ring and it becomes his ticket to salvation when he gets back to Rome. And that's always stuck with me as a kid. Like how does a piece of jewelry represent so much power and so much importance? And uh, it, it's carried on to now. And I love, I love rings. It's become a passion on, and maybe even an obsession of mine. Well, all right. So tell people right now, how, how can they uh, find the Country Squire ring? Where do they need to go? What do they need to do? All right. So you can find us uh, on social, Facebook or Instagram, Sylvan Forge Creations. Please look us up. Uh, if you want to go right to the website, sylvanforgecreations.com. Sylvan is S-Y-L. V-A-N, Forge, F-O-R-G-E, and then creations.com. As soon as you go on that website, we will have a pop-up that uh, celebrates what we call our Maker's Exclusive Ring. And that Country Squire Ring is going to be right on that front page. Uh, You can click on it and get it right there. Uh, We are doing a limited run of these, and so they're going to go real quick. Uh, But we're excited to, to get the ones out that we can. And, uh, and just start building this Country Squire community even more than it is already. Yeah, man, y'all's website is dangerous too because I'm already like standing through the way- rings, <laughs> hearing, my wife, <laughs> hearing my wife's voice in the back of my head being like, no. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, wait for an anniversary or Christmas. Yeah, we got to make that up. There you yeah, go. wait for an important event. There you go. Absolutely. But yes, like you mentioned, this is going to be a limited series. So by all means, go ahead, get out there, get your country squire ring. Uh, when y'all get it too, we, you know, we love getting those pictures in from y'all. So be sure to uh, to share that as well. 
Uh, for those of you who, you know, if you've got kind of that special someone in your life, uh, you know, we, your, your wife doesn't listen to the show. Uh, you know, we, we do, we do have the, uh, we, you know, I always love whenever we've got the, uh, the ladies listening to the, into the show, yeah. either they're in the background right now listening or they're listening and their husband's kind of in the background which, which it tends to happen. So, you know, the Christmas is coming. And so, you know, make sure you lock it down. Absolutely. And, uh, and so, yeah, on, uh, when y'all do those unboxing, man, we, we absolutely want to see that, uh, and, and be able to share those, those images out. But Jeremy, man, thank you so much for, for your work, the care that your family puts into this craftsmanship Lord, man, you, you are carrying on this legacy for your family and it, and it's done so in such a beautiful way. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Uh, excited for for where you know where your work brings you and and what kind of opportunities lay before you guys and uh, yeah like I said thank you so much for letting us be a part of this it's an honor to partner with y'all in this uh, regard and yeah can't wait to see those rings get out there man absolutely thank you for having me thank you for what you guys do you guys have done so much for the pipe community and, and we love you guys we appreciate you guys and we're so excited to be a part of this so thank you so much thanks Jeremy dude man Jeremy. Isn't he awesome? What a treat, man. What what a, what a treat. It's one of those things where we're just honored to have someone like Jeremy involved in, in our pipe community. And gosh, he just, you know, so talented and, and someone we're, uh, man, proud to proud to work with. You know, I, I it's funny because like through this process and, you know, as I mentioned in the interview, I mean, like I've, I've ever since my last trip to Jackson, when my father gave me kind of that, uh, that family ring, it's yeah. really like, I, I don't know, like I've, I've really grown like in my appreciation for you know, having kind of those, those little legacy uh, trinkets and legacy items and, and Mm -hmm. rings in particular, you know, I mean, everybody knows me, man. I like my hats. And so like in my, (laughs) (laughs) it is known, like when I'm uh, even at church this last past Sunday, I think one of our elders like walked up and asked, how many hats do you have? And I said, I only have four, one for each season, (laughs) But, but, (laughs) but I rotate them out a little bit more often than that. And I got to tell you, combing through some of the rings they got, man, I, I'm very quick to potentially add a couple of uh, of some some rings as well, man. I agree. You know, it's one, one of those things as I've gotten more, you know, as we've kind of had these discussions with Jeremy over the past few months, and this has been in the works, just getting more familiar with his work, you know, his talent. I mean, there's just so many really cool things that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm tempted to get and, and you know, plan on getting just uh, to add to my own wardrobe and bling. <laughs> so really something neat to see. So, uh, man, just so, so proud of him. So, so thankful to, to have him in our community and, uh, and so, so glad to support him and what he's doing. And uh, one more time, y'all head over to sylvanforgecreations.com to get the Country Squire ring today. Uh, again, limited series. So when they're gone, they're gone. So, uh, and also, yeah, send us those pictures if you get them. Cause we want to, we want to see what you're looking like with the, with the ring as well. Like big thanks to, uh, to the good folks there. And, uh, man, big thanks to all of our listeners who are tuning in. Uh, Hey, if you'd like to help make the show happen, head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio. You can also keep up with us throughout the week at squire radio on Twitter. Or you can follow the shop at underscore Country Squire or John David at John David Cole. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. John David, I am going to go take some painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Just be sure not to combine it with uh, you know any any uh, you know brown water or anything. We want to want to make sure your heart doesn't race too badly or anything like that. But uh, man, uh, rest up and uh, man, I'm I'm just uh, just glad you're a part of my life, dude. Don't uh. Don't mess it up by, by you know, falling off the uh, the pull-up bar. Don't, don't, don't mess it up by trying to extend it. I hear it. <laughs> I hear it All right, man. Let's go have a day. See you, brother.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.